This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. We're happy to have as our guest, Lauren Milan, who's the CEO of Digital Undivided, which is a social startup that leverages data and advocacy to catalyze economic growth and create pathways for Black and Latinx women entrepreneurs. So she's perfect to answer your questions. She's also a consumer brand strategist, an award-winning marketer, and a technology startup investor and advisor. So she's got it 360 degrees all around. Hello, Lauren, and welcome to our show. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me, Barbara and Americas. It is awesome to be with you both. So tell us a little bit about um, this startup. I mean, this, this, what this means, Digital Undivided. Yeah, so Digital Undivided, we are a social startup, and we call ourselves that intentionally so. We are a nonprofit, though. Um, mm. We are, I think, um, a part of a new wave of looking at the impacts and the effectiveness of philanthropy. I think for a long time, philanthropy has been um, stale and stagnant, predictable, um, draining and not always as impactful as many of the, the nonprofit leaders want their work to be because you are constantly bogged down in process of some kind. Um, and so it's intentional that we use a .com instead of a .org, though if you, if you do use .org, digitalindivided.org does um, automatically redirect to digitalindivided.com. But I think we were really early in the space of saying that, yes, we are a 501c3 public charity. Yes, we are a nonprofit, but at the heart of our work, um, we are a social impact venture. And I remember when we were starting up, um, I was an advisor and a mentor, and we were going back and forth between should we be a B Corp or should we be this other kind of structure or this other kind of structure? And ultimately, this structure um, was best for us in the work that we want to create and do in the world. But Digital Undivided is a social startup that catalyzes the genius of Black and Latinx women through data and advocacy to lead the shift towards inclusive innovation in both entrepreneurship and innovation across industries. Mm -hmm. So in short, um, the organization exists to ensure that our future looks different and that there are more women of color leading, not just in, but leading in spaces um, and industries that are not designed for them to succeed. And we see women of color constantly left behind in technology and life science, engineering, startup, venture capital, what have you. And all of those spaces are ripe for innovation. And I think that in this moment in time, when I was elected or appointed rather um, CEO, it was an important time in our organization, but even more importantly, an important time in our country. It was on the 1st of June. We had our racial reckoning. We were at the height of COVID. Um, and there I was being tasked with leading the work of this organization at a time when it has never been more paramount to economic development for women of color. So let me just repeat what I think I heard you said and then drill down on some of those different ideas because you, you say a lot and it's important. So it sounds like you have three different, um, I mean, maybe more than three, but what I picked up with three 
different big buckets. One of them is you do the research, and I want to drill down on that for a little while. And some of that research influences policy, which of course is super important. And then you have certain kinds of training programs and teaching people things, certain kinds of things like that. And then you also have incubators to help people with startups. Those are the least of some of the three big buckets I heard. Um, and so let me start with the research and ask you, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot if this is difficult to say, but if you could give us at least some of the big ideas that you have that you have found, either actually the explicit results or some of the just big ideas that have influenced policymakers or business leaders. Yeah, I think right now the stats that I will share are old. Um, because our 2020 report is actually coming out in the next couple of weeks. So I ask that you stay tuned for that. Um, and there we will share all of our, our up-to-date um, numbers and metrics, which are really actually quite impressive. What I can share um, in advance of us releasing the official 2020 Project Day and Research Report is that the amount of women in what we call the Million Dollar Club, meaning women of color who have raised more than a million dollars has increased. It's actually more than doubled since 2018. Um, so that's super exciting to see. I think some of our older stats, um, and I don't wanna speak to how far they are or not from what we will release in just a few weeks because I wanna keep that anticipation there. Okay. Um, and we've not shared that yet with anybody. So um, so I can't, I can't and won't do that, but I will say that you know, prior, um, we knew that in 2018, our project and research report said that women of color raise 0.06%, 0.06% in VC funding. We are the ones who put out that stat, A. Wow. B. Mm -hmm. uh, we are also the ones who put out the stat um, that's been widely cited and used for the last two years um, that women of color raise on average $43,000 whereas their non-minority male counterpart raises an average of 1.1 million. Mm. Um, so again, I won't speak to wow. where, where those stats sit via VR 2020 stats, so stay, mm -hmm. tuned, stay tuned. Um, so so what happens, when, I reason, mean, you, well, I was gonna say, when you publish or those kind of statistics like that, it definitely are eye-opening, which I guess is what you want to happen, but then what does happen? How how do people leverage that information to make things better? Yeah, I think that I don't know that women of color could do much with that information to make things better, other than because we've seen that it's not enough to just say, hello, yes, we see the problem, we are aware of the problem, and now here are facts and figures behind this issue. You would hope that it makes people pay more attention. It does, but I don't think that the women um, for whom the research is created to support um, can do that alone. And that's exactly what we do at Digital Undivided is that we and I as CEO can take that information and create larger conversations, um, whether it's in the media, whether it's with the big tech companies, whether it's with the big VC firms, um, that I as, as the leader of this work um, can actively shift and shape the perception of the abilities of women of color um, and that we are also really best equipped to position their wins to give them more credibility, more legitimacy in the eyes of their counterparts who do not see them that way already. Can you tell us some of the success stories that you've helped facilitate? <laughs> At Digital Undivided, wow, yeah. We've had a lot. Um, 
a lot and I don't want to single anyone's out and then not miss some others that are great. But I think, you know, we have had entrepreneurs who build their businesses um, through Digital Undivided who've had wild success. Um, you know, I think it's back to Farrah Allen and her company, The Labs, which is using mm. blockchain technology to track rights and usage of copyrights um, mm. around music. I think to um, Pearson Gaines of a company called Pressed Roots, mm-hmm. um, which is imagine like a dry bar for women of color who need to have their hair pressed, not mm. necessarily blown out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to some of our micro fund investment recipients like Asia Hall of Neon Cowboys, who, you know, was one of our Do You Fund recipients um, of our micro investments. And she went and used that money to help power her business and to do, um, you know, marketing online and, and what have you, and actually ended up then asking if she could take her pivot in the pandemic from making hats to making masks mm. and had a percentage of her proceeds come back to us and ended up giving back um, many multiples of what we gave to her as a donation because she was wow, so grateful that's, that's a great story. For, for the work mm-hmm. um, that we did in seeing her and being able to help her get through the time of COVID. So mm-hmm. we have had incredible success stories at Digital Undivided. And even back, you know, when I was just an advisor and a mentor and, and um, we were in the earlier days of the organization, I think back to two women that I actually brought back recently for our last conference um, called Undivided We Rise. We started doing virtual conferences when I came on board in June. Our very first one uh, was on Juneteenth. Um, They're called Undivided We Rise. We do them quarterly. And um, I brought back two of our old alums um, who are both, you know, now working in the corporate space who built startups within our program. Neither of their startups succeeded, but both of them, when I asked them to come back in conversation with me said, Lauren, I want to speak about my failures. And so we've now actually coined, um, we have now actually coined a term called failing up, Mm. which is all around um, really inspiring those women um, of any color, but people, right? When you fail in your startup, in your own business, you think that your world is coming crashing down because that's what it feels like. But if you can harness those lessons, if you can redirect that energy, if there's a Mm. way to pivot, you can. And so I brought back Zariah Scott Washington, who had a company called Canoodle um, years ago that did not ultimately succeed, but she has gone on to be an incredible success, was an executive at Uber, ran a billion-dollar business there, is now an SVP at Expedia, and just joined the board of directors at Five Below. I think to Nicole Sanchez. Yeah, I think to Nicole Sanchez, who built two companies within Digital and Divided, both of which did not succeed, and ultimately her last company, you know, actually had funding um, as well from from J.P. Morgan Chase, and they were impressed with the way that she handled the wind down of the company. And she's now a managing director two years later at J.P. Morgan Chase. They hired mm-hmm. her um, mm-hmm. to run their student and youth banking segments because they were so impressed with her, despite the company not succeeding. Um, and she was there 18 months in a senior role, and then about four or five months ago now, they've made our managing director. So I'm now coining that failing up and those are still success stories. It's a cool term. Really We're going to steal it, but well attributed to you. Wow, Lauren and Mylan, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and thank you very much for being on our show today. 
thank you for having me. It's been awesome to chat with you and um, hope to come back and maybe share some of those Project Diane stats with you when the report's out in a few weeks. Yeah, that would be great. We'd love to have that. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.